This is Michael Bishop of the Power Hour, and you're listening to the 615 Podcast on the Titan Upload Network. What's everybody? Welcome in to the Caldera Lab Studios. Before we get started, let me give you some insight about our sponsor, Caldera Lab. Okay, gentlemen. First impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, people will notice, especially as you get older. Yes, fellas, I'm talking to you. Lucky for you, it's not hard. You just don't have the right tools. That's where Caldera Lab comes in. Their products reduce the visibility of wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging. Show your skin who's boss and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. The Caldera Lab product line starts with the Regimen, a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. The Regimen includes three products, the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. The Clean Slate starts and ends your day. The face wash leaves all all skin types refreshed. The Base Layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. The Good is your multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. No other brand does this. Better yet, Caldera Lab is the only brand that cares about this enough to know. And the Caldera lab icon eye serum it addresses the three most common skin concerns around the eye fine lines dark circles and puffiness skincare is important but doesn't have to be difficult one minute in the morning and at night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles fine lines and signs of aging and just for our audience we have an exclusive offer this is the best offer available anywhere use code titan at calderalab.com and get 20 percent off right now yes that's right get 20 percent off with the code titan at calderalab.com and make an unforgettable first impression that leads to the charming words you look younger get 20 percent off at calderalab with code titan and we are back. So let's go ahead and bring in the co-host from What's Shaking Titan, Gary Bailey. Gary, how are you? Man, I'm phenomenal. What an awesome day to be here, guys. It's awesome to sit here and talk about the Titans. We're coming off of a win here. So, man, I- I'm pumped up. I'm, I'm ready to get-, get this show started. How about yourself? Uh, we go to bring our guest in here from Titans and Truth. We have the Blue Enforcer himself, a.k.a. The Blue Enforcer. What's up, boy? The truth is here, and we are feeling good. And as as Gary said, the boys are coming up the first win of the year. It has never felt better, and we snap an eight-game losing streak. Man, uh, how good does that sound, though? We snap. We finally snapped that that losing streak, man. Like, I think that's key right here. That's key to everything. You know, we start seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. 
Hey, it never felt so good. That's right. But when it never, on. when it always feels good. Yep, man. Let's, don't get me fired up over here, Truth. <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and dive in and look at the Titans Chargers game. Uh, Tajay Spears was averaging 6.91 yards per carry, which ranks third in the NFL amongst running backs with 10 plus carries. That is crazy for a rookie running back in Tajay Spears. But according to Profile Reference, heading into um, the games on Monday night, here's where everything stood with the Titans, and it's on their explosive plays. Passing or pass plays of 20 plus, the Titans tied for ninth with six. Uh, yards per X play, they ranked second with 38.3. Uh, run plays of 10 plus, the Titans tied for 11th with six. And yards per play, their, their X plays, 13th with 15.8. So overall, the Titans um, in explosive plays were ninth with 12 and their X plays they they were fourth with uh, 21 or 27.1 overall and ha- how huge is that to have those explosive plays Chris you know having those explosive plays are are huge for a game i mean we saw it in this one that the the offense was Listless. They were sputtering. <laughs> and that 70-yard bomb to Traylon Burks, which if Traylon Burks doesn't look like he started to trip up over his feet a little bit, that's a TD. All that that, he, he's he's carrying him into the end zone. But that was still a big play nevertheless. And then, uh, yeah, I have to agree. And then you cannot forget about the play in overtime. The pass to DeAndre Hopkins to get us into field goal range. That was huge. I mean, because we were talking about maybe Tannehill was looking for him too much. Although, 13 targets in week one, I'm not mad about. Because I expect DeAndre to get at least 10 targets a game. He should. That should be the bare minimum for DeAndre. But he made some timely catches in key situations. The numbers may not show it only four for 40 yards, but, hey, he stepped up when needed. Yeah, you know, I have to agree with you there, Truth. You know, um, I made this uh, comparison yesterday with Rossi on on my podcast. And, you know, I've said it since week one. The key to getting D-hops open and going is Burks. If you get Burks going, it's going to take that pressure off of D-hop. They're not going to be doubling him. They're going to move their their best defender onto to Burks and – that's going to open D-Hop up, and sure enough, man, as soon as that 70-yard bomb went out to, to Burks, that's what we've seen D-Hop started showing up after that. Man, it, it was just beautiful. So I, I think key to getting D-Hop going and, and more involved and, you know, maybe increasing, you know, the amount of yards he gets is definitely, you know, focusing on Burks as well because, like, like Blaine Bishop said, you got your wide receiver 1A and 1B. I mean, they're both technically wide receiver ones with their level of production, so – you, you got to really give them both respect. So Absolutely. So, Gary, you and I had talked about this beforehand. There, I'm going to throw out stats for two receivers. And 
these are pretty funny how close they are. Chris, can you tell me which one is DeAndre Hopkins? This is through the first two games. 11 receptions, 108, averaging 9.8 yards per catch. And the other wide receiver, 11 catches, 105, averaging 9.5. Hmm. Name that receiver, huh? Ooh. Should make it a multiple choice for him. Yeah, it should be a multiple choice. <laughs> well, this 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 would be too easy. I'm gonna go because one I is can't... a former uh, and one of them is a former Tennessee Titan. AJ. One of them's AJ. Who's the other one? Well, it can't be Justin Jefferson because he had like ten and he had ten on Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. He had like nine, ten catches on Thursday night. The other, which one's AJ Statline? I would say AJ Statline is eleven one oh five. One oh eight for AJ. Nine point eight. Okay. Okay, DeAndre is one oh five. Yes. Yep. Yep. DeAndre is 105, yeah. Because he had like, seven for 65, then four for 40. And then he, yeah. But the other interesting thing that I have right here is the snap count and percentages on offensive plays for running backs versus the Chargers. This 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 is more like Derrick Henry, 46 snaps to Tajay Spears, 22. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because this is this is key right here. You know, um, yes, statistically, Tajay Spears is having the better year so far. Um, however, Spears don't have that history line like Henry has. You know, when when Henry steps on the field, everybody has to hell the king because – if if Spears had been in for that play action pass to to Traylon Burks that was seventy yards down the field, I don't think we'd be seeing a completion there, because I don't think the defense would have bid, bid on it, not one bit. But the yeah. fact that we had Henry in that field, they bid on him, and man, Burks was screaming open. So uh, we have to we have to give you know Henry his due. I mean he he was making plays all over in the passing game and the running game. He was blocking good. I mean, he he looked like a complete, you know, complete solid back out there week two for sure. Yeah, and that is a little bit more like it with with the distribution because there were times I kept seeing Henry coming off the field. And I I get it. I understand the concept of it is that you're trying to take a lot of the load off of him so that you can have him later in the year. I get that. But one of my blue, one of my points to victory for this game was, don't forget who you are. Yep. Don't forget what what got you to the dance in the first place. And if it's Derrick Henry, you roll with that. If he's on a roll, if he gets, if he knocks off about you know a couple of good runs, then don't take him out of the game just to get Tajay Spears in there. You keep rolling that because as a friend, as once said, and 
Y'all have known him, Mr. Kent Woods, a.k.a. formerly a Titans hater, as we all know, <laughs> has already said there was a time where another running back was looking good, and then you take him off the field, and it led to a turnover. So it's like stick with what you know. Stick with what got you to the dance, and then slowly put other stuff in there. And a saying that we have in the South, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly, man. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah I mean – Go back to our history. I mean, when when Henry starts rolling, keep feeding him that ball because what is it going to do? It's going to produce, going to produce, it's going to produce. And some We're going to score touchdowns. Yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of Tannehill's stats and numbers, you know, comes off the back of Henry, you know, and together, like, those two are intertwined in my eyes. Like, you know, we can't have one without the other, and when one performs good, so does the other, you know? And it, we've seen a little yep. bit of that. The one thing I loved was the variation of the two back. Henry and Spears, Spears and uh, Chestnut, Chestnut and Henry. Got that smash and dash back out there, bro. 2.0. Yeah. But, of course, I have the stats from the Titans' offensive drives. And I feel like that's something that really is going to hit on. Ryan Tannehill, man, what a game for Tannehill. What a improvement for Tannehill. 20 of 24, 246, and a touchdown. He was averaging 10.3 yards a pass. Yes, he was fat, sacked five times for 46 yards. That really hurts. But his QBR went from like 10.3 to 57. Yeah, you know, Lee, you said it best, man. We got to tip our hats to to Tannehill here. He goes from having the absolute worst game of his career week one to to bouncing back and having literally the best game statistically, you know, week two against the Chargers here. Um, It was definitely a huge comeback for Tannehill. You know, well-deserved. Like, I'm glad glad we got to see that because – I mean, I'm sure, like a lot of fans out there, I was kind of okay. Is this? Are we really seeing the deterioration of Tannehill before our eyes after Week One? I mean, then again, it, you know, like we always said, it, it was Week One, you know. So coming in here at Week Two, being able to see him, yeah, being able to see him bounce back like that, it was awesome. My my biggest complaint about Tannehill in that game was, man, there was a couple sacks he took, man. Just throw that ball away, please. Throw the ball away. I know we've seen Vrabel on the sideline screaming, throw the ball away, doing his hand like that. You know, don't take them sacks. Don't run 20 – it was either 10 or 20 yards, you know, back and then get sacked. You have plenty of time to, to throw that ball away. I don't care who you throw it to. Go hit Mike Vrabel in the head with the ball if you want to. I mean, <laughs> just get rid of that ball. <laughs> hit Tim Kelly with it. Yeah, hit Tim right. Kelly with it. <laughs> and – I'm sorry I'm going to have to be a smidge of a Debbie down. I mean, don't get me wrong. Teddy Hill had a nice game. You know, didn't like the sacks and things like that. But I know there's a lot of people saying, oh, my God, Tannehill is redeemed. He's back and all this. I'm not ready to say that just yet. I mean, like we were just saying, in week one, it's just one game. It's just week one. I'm going to say it here. It's just one game. I want to see him put a few games together before I'm thoroughly convinced that Tannehill is back because I've been on record. 
I haven't forgiven him since Cincinnati two years ago. People have told me to let it go, and I will not. I will not let that go because that one, that would hurt to the core for yes. me. Yes, man. That would hurt my heart. After that game, I was numb. I could not literally, I did not literally want to leave my hotel room to do anything. I was that miserable, that numb. One game doesn't just tell me, oh, Tannehill's back. I love him. He's got to do a little bit more than that. This was a nice start. But limit the sacks. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Lee. And then I got something I want to kind of say to that, too. Um, And I think I probably know where we're going. Yeah, he's he's getting there. I want to see him play a real defense. He's about to. And, and the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Miles Garrett yes. Um, Smith, what's his name? Sidarius. Yes. Yep, yep. And then that secondary, Grant Delpit in, in, at safety. You have Denzel. Uh, Denzel Ward. Yep. yep. Newsom, who I liked. Yes. yes, out of Northwestern, which we'll, we'll get to the Browns' depth chart later on. Yeah. Uh, but, man, they, they also have they have some playmakers. Amari oh, yeah. Cooper, Elijah Moore, who I liked. <laughs> I, would yep. love to have had, I think a lot of us did. I yep. would love to have had A.J. Brown and Elijah Moore on the same roster, but it didn't happen. Thank you, John Robinson. Yep. Um, you know, every time we talk about AJ, I, I, I literally like upchuck in my mouth, man. But yeah, so I want to, I want to comment on, on all this, man. Cause like truth, you really took the words right out of my mouth after the game on, on Sunday, you can go to what's shaking Titans Facebook page. You can see an article I wrote about this and, uh, I've actually received a lot of backlash from it, but it's the truth guys. And you know, as much as as much as Tannehill, yes, had a, a a bounce back game. It was one game against a secondary that isn't that so great, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Now, winning's winning. Period. Each game in in the National Football League is going to be hard. It's going to have its own challenge. Yeah, and you know, um, to sit there and and say that Tannehill's the next. Uh, uh, Steve McNair, who's going to get us to to the Super Bowl? No, I'm not buying that yet. You know, I, I agree with Truth. We we need to see this against you know more consistently. We need to see it against top defense, top secondaries. Cleveland. You know, the, the challenge is coming up. Cleveland is going to be a big challenge, and and then you know Cincinnati. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about their secondary. I, you know, I hadn't really got to tune into too much of their stuff, but you know. That's gonna be that's gonna be a pretty tough game against their defense. Offensively, I know uh, Burrow might be out for that game, you know. Um, but real quick before we go any further, you know, I just want to say this, guys. You know, my thoughts and prayers go up to Nick Chubb, man. Yes. What a gruesome injury that was. Mm. I, I hate for it to happen to him twice. So you know, real quick, guys, thoughts and prayers go out to Nick Chubb and his family. I hope for a speedy recovery. Hopefully, we can get to see him back in the NFL again. You know, um, just want to take the time to say that, man. So, y'all go ahead. No, absolutely. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, I, I'm in the middle of, um, I'm actually in the midst of watching 
um, the Brown Steelers matchup from last night. Prepare for my show tomorrow. Uh, going in depth on Cleveland, but man, I I haven't seen that play yet. But I I saw the pictures from it. I'm like, oh my god, the leg is not supposed to do that. Mm-mm. And and you 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 just feel for the brother. So I mean, you, you definitely feel for him and hope that it was not career ending. That is just something he can come back from. But I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, prayers to Nick Chubb. I got nothing against him. I got number love for him. Hopefully, he will be back in an NFL uniform next season. Yeah, and- definitely, man. Because he he's. Definitely one of the top five running backs. And, I mean, if you're a lover of the sport, you know, not just just the team, but just the sport in general, the sport of football. I'm a competitor, man. I used to play football. I love the sport of football, you know. And so – for me, man, it's sad to see one of the one of the greats in in our generation, you know, um, go down Derek like Derek. that. Yeah, not named Derek. Not King. named Derek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the king's the king. He's number one, number uno. Right. Uh, man, it, it sucks. <laughs> um, but I showed my brother the picture because, um, of course, I was helping my brother move some stuff around on Monday night when that happened. I saw the picture. I showed it to him. We had a little couple fun with the picture. Talk about what he tore. Like, I was like, yeah, he done, he done tore his ACL, MCL, everything. And then here came my brother saying he done tore his um, PCP LSD. Oh, my God. His BET, his no, MTV, his EBT, everything. <laughs> but It, it looked so- bad. So I just sent you a picture of the comparison of the 2015 injury he had to the one from last night. If you can send that to truth as well, so he can see it, man. But both of those, man, it's just like, oh man, like I feel bad for the dude because if it's as severe as it was the first time, that's a full knee knee replacement. And he's already had that done once, you know, to, to get it done a second time. It was was the same knee. It was the same knee, same knee, very same knee. And so Mm. to, to be able I to do that a second time and and to come back from it, you know. Oh, we. Yeah. Oh my God. I I feel, man. Like I said, my thoughts and prayers go out to him, his family, you know, everyone who's involved with that. That's that's not something easy just to to come back from. But hey, you know what? If he does come back from it, you know that's going to just uh, we'll speak to the type of player he is. He'll get comeback player of the year. Yo, yeah. Um, Be like Spears, play with no knee and no ACL. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, let's just keep moving on this. Um, Let's head to the receiving game. Traylon Burks, now what a game for that young man. Three for 76. But what about Chris Moore? One catch, 49 yards. And then you have um, DeAndre Hopkins right there, four for forty. Uh, Chicago four for thirty-five. NWY at three for twenty-five. Man, what a day for our receiving core! Nice. Yeah, that's that's definitely you know a good performance by our wide receivers right there. I agree. Um, I would have liked to see D Hop be up there, like. 
you know, 7-8 for like 103 or something like that. Or Burks have that 3 for about 80-something and a touch. But we'll so take I, it. I actually, you know, did a kind of a quick comparison before this between um, D-Hop and Jones when we had Jones in his first, you know, that one year we had him. In his first um, two games. Yeah, and it's in the first two games, and you know, of course, Jones had uh, the game against Seattle where he had 123 yards for like, I think a total of uh, six receptions, and then his first week he had 40 yards. So, you know, um, Jones kind of took the lead on that, but you know that that game against Seattle that Jones had was literally the one and only game where Jones hit even close to 100. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he missed rest like most of the rest of the season, so. <laughs> and he um, was robbed. He was robbed on a touchdown that guy. Yep. Yeah. But let's let's go ahead and look at the offensive grades. Tannehill is your number one guy. But the thing that concerns me are the three guys in the very back: Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, and Traylon Burks. But who on that list? I'm gonna start with Traylon Burks. Who surprised you? Who surprises you on this list? I would honestly say Dylan Radins at seventy four. Um, I really, I'll be like this: anything with pro football focus, I take with a grain of salt because yeah. I really just don't trust them. <laughs> I don't trust them. I don't believe in their stats because I think they're fake. You know, I don't think that. They, they, they're going off of, you know, their numbers. I don't really understand what they're going off of, what they're seeing or anything like that because, you know, sometimes you get somebody a high score and it's like, how the heck did they do that? Or somebody gets a lower <laughs> score and it's like, they play way better than that number. So, I'm I, I will say Dylan Radins, I'm going to give him credit where it's due because he came in for Xavier Newman, who looked pitiful, by the way. Xavier Newman should be nowhere near the field on Sunday ever again. Dennis Daly Period. 2.0. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. <laughs> I would stick with Radens. And even... And I'm going to say this. Radens looks soft. Yeah, it wasn't great. But... You know, it's funny. It could have been... We could have had worse. I agreed, man. Funny, uh, it wasn't great, but... The funny thing about this game, the LA Chargers is the same team that Dylan Radins tore his ACL against last year. Mm-hmm. And this is the same team that Aaron or uh, Ryan Tannehill got rolled up on. Yeah. Yep. And missed the rest of the year. But that's I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little inter- interesting fact about Justin Herbert out here. The last game-winning drive that he had was against us in December of 2022, and he almost—I thought it's He almost had another one. Yeah, you know, um, this is where I have to say, you know, my hats go off to to the Titans' defense, to that secondary for holding up in overtime. Man, you know, that was uh, the the. To see them kind of struggling right there in the fourth quarter at the end, you know, giving up the uh, the field goal to to let allow the um, Chargers to tie us up, you know, it was a uh, 
I, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous, man. I was nervous. I was like, oh, man, they got the ball first. They're going to go up, put a touchdown on us. And, you okay. know, no, no, man. Our, mm-hmm. our Titan, Titans defense said, no, we're not having none of that. You know, they stood strong. It was what I want to see out of this Titans defense, out of the secondary. And, man, if our defense can play consistently, here's that word again, consistently, like they did in overtime, lights out, we got one of the top defenses in the league. Oh, yeah. But, you know, this secondary has to come and play. You know, whether you're a backup or not, you, you get paid to play the game of football. You got to bring it, man. Tighten up, bring it. So let's stop Let's stop allowing this, these teams to throw over our heads like this, man. We I know we can do it. And in the words of Vince Young, what a what a, what a game to have honor Landry. Landry, what a game to have him back. It's it's awesome yes. to have Harold Landry back. Man, it was just it was so amazing to be able to see Landry get out there and be productive and and get a sack. You know, it, it was awesome to see that again. It was like At the a right time. Of, Yes, and it was a breath of fresh air to us, man. Like, I mean, it was awesome. The officiating was terrible. The uh, roughing the passer on Big Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because I think if Jeff gets free and gets to Justin Herbert, that touchdown probably doesn't happen. And he was being held on that play. He was being very much held. They yeah. should have went the other. It could have went the other way. Uh, there were some bad. Uh, there were definitely some bad calls uh, in that game. I, I'm with Gary on the fact that I'm worried about our secondary a little bit. I mean, Trey Avery was getting picked on early, which honestly, as a quarterback, I would have done the same thing if same I was thing. in that yep. position. Yep. Yeah. I would have went after Trey Avery too. Even though now Sean Murphy Pony, I think after that deep pass went past him with Keenan Allen, I think he settled down and played pretty well most of the game. Yeah. But Trey Avery was getting picked on left and right. Yeah, he was, man. And you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we we seen flashes of good play from our secondary. And then I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, the Chargers were able to feast on us, you know, through the air. So th- there's got to be plays that are cleaned up. You know, we got to stick to our guys, man. We got to find a way, like I said, not to allow them to to get that ball over our heads because you know, rather that's you know the front seven getting consistent pressure on the quarterback, causing you know fumbles or incomplete passes or even interceptions, or rather it's just the uh, secondary making plays. You know, we got to do something there. We, I mean, because I, I really feel that was something we struggled with last year too, was getting the yeah, ball thrown did. over us. And and Aziz Alshire, stop with the stupid fifteen yard penalties at the worst times. Yes, that that was one of my that was one of my takeaways. And you know, it's, we'll get into to that here in a little bit. But these Good this, this dirty laundry on the field, man, it, it's it's getting us, bro. It's getting us. Leave the dirty laundry on the sideline. Yeah, and then to, right. to Lee's credit about this subject, man, you know, so that that play right there that was called, uh, you know, roughing the passer, 
you know, um, jo- oh my goodness, I'm, I'm about to yeah. botch his name. Jo- <laughs> Herbert wasn't even in a passing formation, which he means was that he was, he was, running. he was, yeah, he was not presenting himself as a passer, which then, you know, if you read the rules says that, you know, it will not be a roughing the passer in order for it to be a roughing the passer. The quarterback has to be in a passing form, getting ready to pass the football. So, I mean, that right there, and they even said it on the TV, that that should not have been called. But the the one play that really made me mad was the false start by the Tennessee Titans that was really offsides by the Chargers. You When they showed the replay of that, you clearly – I mean, Chargers defense was way over the line. Yeah. They jumped that line, Tannehill hiked the ball, and they said false start. And I'm like, what? But, Man. You know – and there was another one the other way with um they call offsides on Arden Key when really the offensive line was false starting for the Chargers. Yep. Yep. But all all of this defense is gonna lead us right into talking about the Titans defense versus the LA Chargers, which the Titans defense, definitely the front seven, really woke up. And the defensive statistics or analytics is brought to you by Homage. And speaking of Homage, here at the Titan Upload Network, we are having a giveaway where all you, it's three easy steps. If you're on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, all you have to do is go follow at Titan Up Network and follow Homage on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And um use the hashtag homage giveaway to be entered and the winner will be drawn on September 24th at during halftime of the Titans Browns game on the Titan Upload Network uh watch party. So but yeah like these stats like they're they're exactly what they look like. Danico Altry had a decent game. Big Jeff had an okay game. Harold Blandry. But the secondary is a thing that has me scratching my head. Yeah, you know, man, like I said, that the secondary definitely showed signs of struggling throughout the uh the game. They they had uh, a few key plays where you're like, okay, well, you know, this is what we want to see from them. You know, if they if they can play like this, you know, we we might have something. Um, like I said, I really didn't see what I wanted to see from them till it was halftime or not halftime. I'm sorry, overtime. And you know, then then we saw guys sticking to their guys. You know, we seen that passion. We seen them. All right, you know, enough's enough. We're not letting you. We're not letting you get it. And you know. For the most part, the Chargers were able to feast on our secondary. We we got to, yeah, for yeah. most of the game, and you know, we, we got to we got to find a way to to play better in our secondary somehow, some way, you know. Yeah, I'm with you on that because I mean, you know, um, secondary wise, like I said, Christian Fulton being out with injuries, like here we go again. You know, the soft tissue thing. But it's like there were times where we were 
this soft zone coverage, I, I can't stand it. And I'm like, I don't know what it is that we just keep teaching our defensive backs, whoever it is, playing more than seven yards off the ball. That, you should play three yards to five yesterday, man, or su- Sunday, and I was like, "What, man? Like, are, are we are we going to continue to do this and then them throw shorts on us, or, or you know, our guys not be able to stick to them, and then we're getting it thrown over their heads? And I mean, it's crazy, and that makes me think that you know, at least you know, Shane Bowen feels like some of these guys aren't quick enough to stick with their guys, you know. I mean, because in my mind, that's the only reason you would continue to play that far Five off. Five to seven off. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. wild. You'd be playing three to five yards off. Yeah. But no more than that. Exactly. Yeah. But the Chargers offense, and what a day by Justin Herbert. Yeah, his completion percentage was not great. But you still throw for over 300 yards. That's something that needs to get fixed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the second second game in a row that we've had 300 yards put up on us, man. And it looks like that's probably going to continue at some point. Maybe not, you know, every week, but... Until they, you know, figure this out. And I mean, the pass rush had their moments, but there were some struggles with the pass rush. And I mean, shout out to the Chargers offensive line. As I kept saying through my live stream, Chargers got a pretty good offensive line, especially yeah. on that left side Rashawn with Rashawn Slater and um, Zion Johnson. I like that left side. But, man, what what about this, this the special teams battle? Between between Cameron Dicker and Nick Folk, you have two yeah. solid kickers. One's a seasoned vet. One is still somewhat of a rookie. I look like that. Yeah, you know, I, I'll say this right now, man. Nick Folk is the best move made by the Tennessee Titans this and, year. And all you gave up was a seven. To get the guy. I agree. Yeah. I mean, he is poking it up. Yes. And and he can hit it from 50. Yes, he can. I'm going to say this. And this might be a little premature. I feel like Nick Folk is the savior of our kickers, our kicking position. I mean, uh, like, if you want to get technical, we would have already probably missed four or five by now, easily. At least three. Yeah, at least three, at at minimum, you know. But the dude is seven for seven in two games. Well, he's perfect. And then you you look, you know, he goes from playing in the Superdome in a a dome environment, you know, kind of struggling getting the ball into the end zone, to, you know, yesterday, or, man, why do I keep wanting to say yesterday? It's Sunday, you know, he, he put it between the, the field goals a couple times, you know, and I, I was like, okay, well, you know, we were all complaining about his leg strength, and, you know, he, he kind of showed us up. To, yeah. But what about Stone, the, uh, the, the battle between the punters, J.K. Scott versus Ryan Stonehouse? J.K. Scott, his long was 47. While Stonehouse has a stone of a foot 
and hit it for 63. Yeah, you know, the, the total yardage says it all, man. 306. That, I mean, we'll... 61 yards average. Yeah. But, he, but his long was 63. You know. But the, we're, hit, we're here heading towards the middle part of the show where we hit the segment, the good, the bad, the ugly, which I feel like I pulled this one out of Chris's playbook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I saw this. I was like, I think he stole this from me. <laughs> but, but um, of course, Chris, you're good. What what was your good? Um, I would say definitely the good is, and I'm I'm gonna give him his due. I'm gonna give him his flowers. Ryan Tannehill, even though it wasn't great, it, it was, was still pretty good. Um, I, I think that was it. Timely sacks, um, at the right time. I definitely do agree with that. And trailing Burke, you know, a couple big plays when we needed it, you know, to wake up the, mm. you know, to wake up the offense, wake up the crowd, Chris Moore and, uh, trailing Burks, we needed those plays and they helped us tremendously. So I would say timely sacks, Ryan Tannehill and, Big plays, timely big plays. I'll say that. And, of course, Gary, you and I went the same place. The Titans front seven. Yeah, was, you know. It was really good. Yeah, you know, man, you're, you're right. Like, we both went here. But before we get into this and I'll kind of break down, you know, my, my good – Man, uh, truth, I have to agree with you. You know, got to tip our hat. Tannehill had a great performance. If I had an honorable mention for the good – Tannehill would be my honorable mention. I went kind of different here for mine. You know, I went Titans front seven. Of course, you know, Lee agreed with me on that. But then I went offensive play calling. And I said that because week one, we underutilized Henry. When Henry started out explosive, you know, his first three carries was averaging 9.6 yards per play. And then, you know, we we seen the increase of Henry's use. And because of that, man... We we won it, you know. Like I said, with Henry being in that in the play, it opened up the uh, play action pass for for Burks to get open for that seventy yard bomb by Tannehill. So you know, I like the the play calling correction here and utilizing Henry more. Henry is key for for the Titans and definitely for Tannehill. So I, I, that's how I went, man. Can I add an honorable mention? Yeah, go right ahead, brother. I don't know who it was that made the decision. Might have helped the offense a little bit. Making the change from Xavier Newman to Dylan Radens after two series and kept with him with the rest of the game. Now, that might have not really been good, but I'm like, I'm glad Xavier Newman wasn't in there because it would have made matters worse. Uh, I have to agree with you, man. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that I mean, you're absolutely right on that. Like, it, it would have it, it would have been absolutely worse. And, you know, Radens wasn't like the oh, man, here comes the savior of this offensive line. But he came in there and he did his job. And yeah. that's all we could ask for, especially, you know, this being his first game back. So, mm-hmm. you know, hats off to him yep. as well. But as, as Gary was saying, both him and I went Titans front seven. And, Chris, there's some, there's one thing I did agree on. Tannehill's improvement was more than evident in this game. But with the good – there's the bad. 
both Gary and I, we both went secondary. I went with the running game. When Derek doesn't get get the expected hundred yards a game, that that puts him right on the bad list for me. Is the running game, and then of course both Gary and I are honorable mentions was pocket awareness for Tannehill. Yeah, and man, to kind of capitalize on on this real quick, you know, um. I mentioned this on Monday with Rossi, you know, we didn't see a hundred yard game from, from Henry, but we seen enough of Henry and from Henry for us to get that win, you know, um, with Spears being out there and them having to kind of split the plays and stuff like that. I don't think we're going to see Henry of old, at least not for a while or unless something happens to Spears knock on wood, you know, but we did see enough of Henry to to get that win. Like I said, it it opened up that play action game. Had Spears been in there, that that play action game would not have been there as solid as it was for for Henry. Why? Because when you put Henry in, defenses are going to bite on him. I yeah. mean, how many times have they not bid on Henry and then Henry made them regret it? They every team in the NFL knows when Henry's in that game, you got to cover Henry no matter what. And it shows. It shows. And if so, so truth. What what was your bad? Um, there's a couple ways I could go with this. Um, yeah, I, I'm with both of y'all. The 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 secondary, mainly Trey Avery, and a little bit of Sean Murphy Bunning was a little bit um not great for me. But I think time will go on. Uh, with that, um, another bad. I mean, the offensive line does need to get off to a better start early. I mean, it seems like they kind of get off to a rough start, but then they kind of get better as the game goes along. So I definitely have to go with that. Um, and, and that probably goes towards pocket awareness for Tannehill uh, as well. And so, you know, I just um, – I just need this offensive line to continue to gel, but gel a little bit faster uh, than that. So we keep Tannehill upright. So I would say those are my two bads, but on that, it will lead to my ugly. Yeah. And, you know, kind of real quick before we get into the ugly, you know, um, I went penalties here, guys. And I went penalties because. Those penalties almost killed us and cost us this game. You know, we mm-hmm. I mentioned it earlier. We got to stop with the dirty laundry, man. We got to stop bringing the dirty laundry on the field. You know, whether that's offensively, defensively, you know, of course we mentioned a couple of them plays really, you know, shouldn't have been called on us, you know. Sure. But for the most yeah. part, you know, a lot of the, the flags that were thrown were, were caused by us. So – we need to address that. We need to get it fixed. You know, we know Mike Vrabel to have disciplined teams and then to go to the honorable mention pocket awareness, you know, there's a couple passes like we talked about earlier that Tannehill had the opportunity to throw the ball away. You know, he held on to it, got sacked, cost us uh, a total throughout all, all five of his sacks. I believe we watched lost. What was it? 46 yards Lee. Yeah. Total of 46 yards. So, 
you know, that that kind of will lead into my ugly as well. So, you, you know, let's hear what you got, Truth. Um, wow. I'll go let y'all go first on the uglies and everything. Um, but actually, I'm going to leave one of my uglies for when y'all say it. But first part of my ugly is Trayvon Wesco. Mm. Trayvon Wesco freaking sucks. I mean, Wesco the first good. game has a false start <laughs> to begin the game. Then he had, I think, one or two more false starts in this game. And it drops a pretty big pass, yeah. I want to say, on either second or third down. That would have been an open. easy pitch and catch, and you can't even haul it in. Open. Trayvon Wesco, I think, is worse than Jeff Swain could ever be at this moment. Um, I, would rather, I would rather have Austin Hooper back. Man, Austin Hooper would be amazing right now. Yes, uh, agreed, man. Like, Wesco stunk it up, man, big time. You big know, time. and Aziz Al Shire, I'm sorry. As I was say, as I said about Wesco, Wesco is a joke. <laughs> no wonder the Jets let him walk. <laughs> exactly. You know. You were into uh, Aziz. Another ugly, again, and I mentioned this earlier, Aziz has got to stop with these bonehead 15-yard penalties because he's already had two one in each game, and those are going to add up. So cut out the penalties. You got to cut out the penalties. And I know y'all are probably going to mention this. I'm probably going to be taking something away from you. With the offensive line, <laughs> I know I said this is bad. Xavier Newman was awful because especially on that fourth down play, I mean, nobody picks up Kenneth Murray at all and just runs right into Tannehill. That play died before it even started. Yep, but the but the offensive line has got to realize they've got to communicate better with these twists because with these Texas twists because these other teams are going to be like twist, twist, twist because we can confuse them. They got to work. They got to communicate better on those Texas twists that are being worked on on them. Truth is coming with it, man. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, you said it, bro. You you said it. You said it. You said it to the T. You know, um, and then me and Lee went to the exact same place on the ugly here. You know, O-line play. And then this was something, you know, I feel like not a lot of people's talking about, but the starting field position, how many times did we kick that ball off to the Chargers and they got some good yardage on it? They got you know? 35, almost to 40. Yeah, O-line. you know, our special teams has got to step it up. We got to wrap them up, you know, or we we got to find a way to pin them deep, you know. We we have to do better and and give our our defense more room to play. You know, our best our our best starting field position was in overtime when we got to the forty on the punt return by Kyrus Jackson. That was our best starting field position of the whole game. We were yeah. starting back down inside the um, back down inside on the back down around the twenty five. Yeah, they they kept us pinned pretty deep for the most part, man. And you know, our, our worst starting field position was down inside the twelve. Yeah, wasn't that the wasn't that the series where Tannehill ran backwards and got sacked like on the two yeah. or three? On the one. Yeah, I want to say so. Yeah, man. And uh, by Morgan Fox. 
Yeah. Martin and I mean, <laughs> what a name. And I think Stonehouse is getting better with his punning as far as directional. So I think he's getting a little bit better with that. But uh, at the same time, we need some speed on the outside to help get down there and either, you know, down the ball or if it's somebody there, you know, you get them immediately. So there's still work to be done. Yeah, there's definitely work to be done. Brett Kern would be proud of Stonehouse right now. He's good, though. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, Stonehouse isn't the issue, you know. No, he's not. It's far from it. Yeah, far from it. Stonehouse is one of the most solid pieces I think we have on special teams. Like, no, I I take that back. He is the most solid piece we have on special teams. And so, of course, now we're, we're heading out of the good, the bad, the ugly into our top five games of the weekend. And... Truth, I want you to go first on this. Dang, I gotta go first. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guest, get the guest goes first, so yeah, gotta use the manners here, man. <laughs> All right, I, I, I appreciate it because I'm not gonna steal one from you because you kind of mentioned it to me off air. A couple of college games I was impressed with. Florida State had to fight to beat Boston College. I thought they were going to blow them out, um, but they ended up in a dogfight. So, I mean, I'm glad Florida State won, but Boston College made it a game. I also have to admit, I am, I have to be impressed with Washington, where how they went into East Lansing and completely obliterated the Michigan State Spartans. I mean, Talk about it. Sorry, Miss Bims. Penix, over 400 yards, four touchdowns in the first half. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. I have to admit, I would not have seen that type of blowout happen. As I said, sorry, and, yeah. <laughs> and even though they lost, I got to give a hand clap to South Florida. They hung with Alabama the majority of the game. Like, for Alabama, that was supposed to be a blowout for them. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they only won 17-3, to and really, it was like, it was maybe 7-3 or 10-3 most of the game. Like, South Florida was hanging with them. Now, it was like, Alabama. It was 3-3 at the half. Yeah. Alabama ain't what they once was. So, do you, do you think we are seeing the end of an era in Bama with Nick Saban? Can I take this first, Gary? Fire away, bro. I've been reading reports that Nick Saban has finally announced that this is his last year coaching college football at Alabama. That is interesting. Wow, I, I did not know that when I said that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. It is over. <laughs> wow. That's, that's why I asked if I could take this. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. Uh, so we literally are seeing an end of a, end of the era, you know, and and Bama, you know. Hats off to Nick Saban. I mean, he's by far one of the greatest college coaches there's been in our generation, man. You know, I would I would take that report with a grain of salt. Because I don't know how credible it is. 
Well, yeah. If it comes out to be true, man, that's that that would be and that'd be crazy. I would have to take and clip this and save it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that's three. So I know there's two more games. Well, there's three other games I'm not gonna take because I think this is going to come up. This is gonna come up. If it's not, I'll say it. But in the NFL, a couple of games besides the Titans that really impressed me. I gotta give hats off, even though one of my best friends will hate if I say the commanders, but I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> the commanders take commander or two and oh and did it in great fashion. You know, they were down 21-3, come back from behind to beat Denver in Denver, which is a very, very tough place to play, um, by the way. Uh, so I'm definitely impressed with that. And then my last one, I, you know, I had a tough time with a couple of these, but I, I've got to truly say, I did not think I was going to ever say this. But the G-Men. I already said I thought the Giants made a horrible mistake re-signing Daniel Jones. Then they restructured his contract, which I thought was asinine. But this dude leads a three-touchdown comeback and led them to victory even though it is against Arizona, but the fact you came back from 21 down in the second half, one of their largest comebacks in franchise history, to win. And, I mean, prayers up to Saquon Barkley because he went down with an injury. But those were very, very impressive to me. In the first yeah. Series. Yeah, you know, I went my, – my, my favorite game from this weekend, the number one game – I had to go to Colorado. That game went into double overtime. Uh, you know, hats off to Deion Sanders. Hats off to, to you know, his son. Prayers go out to Travis Hunter. You know, um, yeah. man, it was still a good game. They found a way to come back and, and, you know, stay in that game, even without, you know, Hunter being in there. My number two is Titans, man. That, that was a game, you know, back and forth. Titans found a way to hold on and win it in overtime. And then I have to go Seahawks. You know, that was also one of them games where, man, it was just – it was back and forth. And, uh, you know, both of them games, Titans-Seahawks was a defense-heavy game. You know, offense kind of would sparkle up here and there. And, man, it it was was cool, man. I like them type of games. Then I have to go Ravens. And my my number five, man, was Ohio State. Ohio State literally throttled, you know – in that game, I, I think the final score was uh, sixty-three to seven. Um, you know, so yeah. hats off they, to them. And they got a big one coming up with Notre Dame Saturday night. That's yes. gonna be that's gonna be huge. That's a huge game. So, and of course, let's let's go ahead and this. I don't have this one on here, but I mentioned Chris as an honorable mention: Memphis versus Navy. What yes. a game for the type. We needed that one. I mean. My actual top five, I went Missouri taking down K-State. It's funny that you mentioned this. Because. because, K-State was 15th in the nation. Yeah. And Missouri was a nobody. 
and hit a 61-yarder to win it. And then, Chris, you and I went the same place. Florida State, Boston College. What a game. And then I have three straight NFL. Atlanta Green Bay at three. That that was a huge game for Arthur Smith. I agree. Uh, Kansas City taking down Jacksonville. The reason I have that one out there is because, you know, we hate the Jacksonville Jaguars. So anytime so I struck them up. Exactly. Because they were talking – the Jags always talk about how – the Titans can't do anything, but now it's it's on it's on the targets on your back. You're because you're now playing a first place schedule. Yeah, yeah, they're the and, hunted. You know, just to talk about Kansas City for a second, man. You know, I have Kansas City, and I know we'll get into this in just a second in the power rankings, but you know, Kansas City's starting out pretty slow this year. You know, mm-hmm. even with the return of Travis Kelsey, you know, and against the Jaguars, they're not as productive as I was expecting them to be. You know, what's your, what's your thought on that, Truth? I mean, we've seen the last couple of years Kansas City has started off slow. But that Mahomes magic always gets turned on at some point. Um, you know, going in the middle of the year or something like that. So... I mean, I'm not really worried about Kansas City starting off slow because I know they're going to probably be there in the end, you know. So it is very interesting, you know, with Kelsey and Chris Jones back now, you know. It it is really going to be interesting to see how Kansas City goes on, you know, continually. It depends on how they do when they have a team like the Chargers they got to play, you know. Um Denver is, is um I had on um my Truth League report uh this week I said what team could come out of the 0 and 2 hole I said Denver could be one of those teams because I think with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton together I think they're going to figure some things out that AFC West is going to be very tough for Kansas City to continue to win Jacksonville yeah, they ain't used to be in this position. They're now the hunted. They're yep. being hunted by by us and by everybody else. Yep. So you're going to get the best shot. And and to your credit, man, you're talking about Denver, you know, that was they played a close game too. You know, that was a pretty good game. I mean, they were in it for the most part of that game, you know. So I I, I have to agree with you. I think Sean Payton, you know, of course one of the the best offensive play callers, you know, not the best, but one of the best, you know, of our generations. Again, you know, of course he had, uh, you know, Drew Brees for the longest. And I mean, that, that was an awesome offense. And now, you know, we're kind of starting to see, you know, the, the reincarnate, not the reincarnation, but the, 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 the second arising of, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, um, it's, it's going to be, interesting to keep your eye on and i agree with you man if there's a one team that could do it it will it will be the broncos and i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a couple things i'm gonna Le- on, that, on that on that topic chris of who could come out of that zero and two and make it to the playoffs you have to think about the talent of the cincinnati Bengals. i agree that was always oh. one yeah um and then you could look at um 
a team that's two and zero that could fall. I hate yep. to go here, Ravens fans. Baltimore. Yep, I did that too. Like mm-hmm. what two and zero teams could fall from grace? I, I hate to say it too. I'm like, I think the Commanders could fall from grace because they're gonna have to play Dallas and Philly later in the year. So I could see them falling from grace a little bit uh, when it comes to that. Um, Atlanta, yeah, you know, they still got to play New Orleans and Tampa. Tampa Bay in them. And, you know, that Tampa could fall. Well, here's one. Yeah. So the two I see who could fall and one of them I know will shock y'all. But the first is Tampa. I mean, you know, because we just we've seen this before from Baker Mayfield. Good play, yeah. good play, good play, crappy play, crappy play, crappy play, crappy play. My yeah. second one is the Cowboys. Ooh, I'm not, of course. I'm not 100% sold on Dak Prescott yet. Don't get me wrong. This man is talented. He's a good quarterback. But how many times have we seen this team have a solid, I mean, one of the best oh, rosters, and then they absolutely oh, get nowhere with it, you know? There are three so, players. There are three players that can save Dak Prescott's tail. And they're not well, one of them is on the offensive side in C D Lamb. Yep. Badass dude. Michael Parsons. Talk about it, man. Michael Parsons. Yep. And uh Trayvon Diggs. De- Lawrence and Diggs. Those guys can save Dak Prescott. Did you say Dexter Lawrence? Uh Demarcus Lawrence, my bad. I was like Dexter Lawrence is in New York. Yeah, I meant DeMarcus Lawrence. Thank you. They both start with a D. (laughs) Are they related? Oh, I think they might be. But my my final game, my my final game in the top five games of the weekend, I had to go Titans Chargers. It's always great to get that first uh, first win at home, and that's exactly what the Titans did, and they did it in dramatic fashion. Not just the first win, man. We broke that that losing streak. Yes, man. It's a weight off of our back. And and that is amazing. What I'm shocked about, there was a couple of games that I thought that both of you might bring up, one of you might bring up, and you didn't. You know, Vols falling to Florida Florida in the swamp. I know I'm probably going to get some backlash from this, you know. Um, I'm, the Vols struggled against Austin P. For me to they sit did. there, for me to sit there and think that the Vols stood any chance against Florida after struggling the way they did against Austin P. I just, man, I couldn't go there. I could not go there. So this game went exactly how I expected it to against the Gators. It was a house of whores. It's been yeah. a house of whores for them. T- talk about it, man. You're on it, bro. And with Colorado, I'm going to go on record with this, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that's going to give backlash to me for this, and I'm fine with it because I posted this on my Facebook page, on my personal page. Am I one of the only few people that just isn't feeling the whole Dion to Colorado thing? Am I just one that's like, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon? 
Because I see a whole lot of people like they're just claiming Colorado like, man, I love Colorado. I'm down for Dion. I'm down for the Buffaloes. And I keep telling some people, have y'all even watched the Colorado Buffalo game prior to three weeks ago? Do could you name one Colorado Buffalo player who made it in the NFL and you cannot say Cordell Stewart or Rashawn Salam? <laughs> Can you name me one? Now one person did mention Chris Brown, former Titan running back, and I was like, Yep, that that's a good one. I said, I don't even think I could name one besides yeah. those guys that play for Colorado. Maybe LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, a and lot so, of people have hopped on, and I think a lot of the reason why is just because of the name and the fame of Deion mm -hmm. Sanders. You know? Um, I can't do it. I, I mean... I'll have to say, to, to see, you know... To see Sanders, you know, for me, like, that's one of the greatest of all times. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I do have to, like I said, I've been watching their games this year. I kind of watched, uh, you know, some of his games last year. Not a, not a lot, but, I, you know, I've really gotten into watching a lot more college uh, football this year, you know. So that's kind of a, you know, thing for me, that, but go yeah. ahead. No, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off, but I will say this. If Colorado beats Oregon this weekend, I'm going to shut my mouth for the rest of the year. I'm going to be like, you know what? Sure, I'm going to give the man his flowers. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to jump on the bandwagon, but I'm going to give him his flowers, and I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to say nothing else about Deion Sanders for a good minute. And I'll be think, quiet. What do you think about his son playing quarterback? Oh, Shadua Sanders, Shadu I mean – you know, he's definitely getting more looks than he ever would have at Jackson State. Shout out to him. That dude is a legit Heisman Trophy candidate now. Would have never. And, and, and I, I'm down for my HBCUs and all that. I kind of wish I went to one when I really thought about it. You know, when I was going to school, he would have, even as great, as talented as he is, he would have never gotten nowhere near yeah. This type of attention at Jackson State that he's getting at Colorado. He is being legitimately discussed as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Do you think he could possibly be a first-round draft pick? Oh, absolutely. He would definitely go in the first round. I'm saying top 10, top 15. Probably top 10 because, I mean, it's, yeah, good. Like, it's good. quarterback heavy. Yeah. My top three quarterbacks in this next draft? Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Shador. Yeah. Penix is trying to Penix is trying to stick his nose in that fight in Washington. But as as we head towards the back end, we're hitting our NFL power rankings. We're gonna go through this very fast. Um Gary, yours was pretty interesting. Yeah, granted, you know, I was uh, just woke up and trying to throw this together. So, <laughs> um, as I've gotten back and looked at it through the day, I was like, man, like, I'm going to have to change a lot of these up. Uh, you know, um, first of all, I had to drop uh, – I, I would definitely drop Jets down, bring the Giants up. Um, Titans, you know, I had them – about I think what was it 28 27, 27 last week 28 last week 
Yeah. So, you know, I bring them up with the win. Um, kind of, I have them at sitting at 24 for this reason. And, uh, you know, kind of truth mentioned, mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it. It was one game. I want to see this consistently. I want to see it against a, a top defense. If I see it against the top defense, then I can bring that up. Um, but the secondary, I need to see better secondary play from them as well. Um, my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go over my my top ten real quick, you know, because that's that's really what I put a lot of my focus in. Um, I got Eagles at number one, San Francisco at number two, Buffalo at number three. Cowboys overtake the Kansas City Chiefs at number four. Kansas City Chiefs fall to number five. Rams at number six. Dolphins at number seven. Ravens at number eight. And then Bengals. I think I got them in here because I think they're going to be a sneaky team this year. You know, a, a lot like we talked about Kansas City. You know, Bengals was a team that, you know, could start out slow and then turn it on at the end of the season. We've seen that last year as well. So, you know, Bengals right there, but I can also drop them out. Um, then Green Bay. So Green Bay and the Lions, you know, if I had to swap Bengals with anyone, I'd probably swap them with Green Bay and bring Lions, uh, actually swap them with Lions, put Green Bay at nine and Lions at 10. Would y'all agree with that? I could see that. Uh, the Rams at six, I'm quite surprised about. I, I would drop them quite a bit lower than six, maybe into like 12 or 13. Yeah. I'm, I mean. You think his is somewhat. Well, I mean, honestly, if I did but, something, I would probably trade the, because like I said, I, I was really, like I did this at the crack of the dawn before Jesus and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody woke up. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's I, good to put it together. I didn't even put one together. Yeah. I would honestly, honestly, looking at this now, I would have to put the Saints, the Saints at number six and drop the Rams to 15, honestly. And I think that, that, that suits the Rams perfectly. And the Saints, I mean, man, what a team this year. What a defense, really. This, they this got a is good a defense. solid defense. And then Derek Carr, Derek Carr going out there with a chip on his shoulder, too. Yeah, I agree. Truth, you're, you're, you're going to scratch your head when you see mine. I have Tennessee at 18. I mean, that's about why, because ESPN, I think, has the Titans at 22, and I think NFL Network has the Titans at 20. So, I mean, both of y'all really had them in a pretty good range. I had Tennessee at 23 last week. Yeah, I can see them, like, at 20. Uh, you yeah. know, around 18 to 20 or something like that. That's, you know, 18, 20, 21. You know, that, that sounds about right. So, Chris, just looking at this, th- at mine, is there one team that's too high and is there one team that's too low? Ooh. Let's see. Minnesota at nine, too high. I would say. I would say also Washington a little too low. Like, I could move them up ahead of Carolina. I can see them ahead of Carolina. I can see them ahead of New England. Now, I don't know about Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh could move up too. But um, 
Washington, I mean, they're 2-0. and Now, I, I would move them that much higher, but I would say Washington a little bit too high. I mean, Washington a little bit too low. Minnesota a little too high, but that's me. Yeah, I would go Minnesota. I'm going to go New Orleans here, man. I feel like they've shown us more than 17, you know. Um, and then, you know, those are those are for my two highs. My two lows for you, I'd have to say, you know, as much as I hate saying it because I have a lot of family members who are Steelers fans, got to give them their due. Uh, that's why they're low on my list. So that was a little, me just kind of jabbing at them, really. But <laughs> got to give them their due, man. They, they're playing good. They have a solid defense. Uh, I'll tell you what, that, that defense is making me sweat our matchup coming up against them. I'm, I'm not, not even going to lie. Um, and then – if I had to go anywhere, man, for actually, here's one that's too high: New New England. I don't, yep. I don't feel like New England's a 23 team, man. I feel like Car- maybe at best uh, anywhere between 27 to 30. Carolina too, actually. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's get through this back end pretty quickly. Um, so, I'm not sure. Let's go through a quick review of our week two uh, pickums. Uh, so, we between Gary and I, Gary went nine and seven in pickums. Got that Mike Vrabel record, y'all. <laughs> and then I went, I went eleven and five. But just take a quick run through um, between Browns and uh, the Browns offense, defense, and special teams. Um, a couple of guys on here that would probably give me a few problems. Um, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, maybe. Uh, David Njoku would be a, another one that would give you a problem on the offense side. Defense, uh, Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett, um, Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, Juan Thornhill, who has been a thorn in the Titans side, um, and Greg Newsome. Just to, just to name a few guys that would be somewhat of a pain in the Titans' rear end in week three. Um, but the Titans, the Titans have some dogs also. DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Chris Moore. I hate to I hate to say that name. Uh, Chicago, <laughs> Derrick Henry. But in the defense, the defensive front seven is a nightmare for teams. Danica Waltry, Tier Tart, aka Pop Tart. What is your favorite <laughs> I um, Thank you. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, um, Arden Key. You could also throw a guy like a Sean Murphy Bunting in there who had a decent game in the second half, especially out there in overtime, getting his hand in there a pass to Mike Williams. Um, Kevin Byard. You could throw a guy like uh, Roger McCreary in there maybe. 
So the whole time, it's basically starting lineups. Um, Nick Folk has been a weapon for the Titans. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I have to agree, man. Like, Folk, like I said earlier, Folk was, like, the best thing from the Titans this offseason. We are actually 7 for 7. Who would have thought that in preseason? Because I was, uh, whoo, and then cut down day, man. I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> then we go out and trade for Nick Folk. Yep. But right. As we head, as I said, as we head to the back end, we're going to hit our week three pickums. Pickums. Um, but Gary, both Gary and I, we get, we're both going to the 49ers over the Giants. Now, Niners. Now, this next one, um, Lee, if you don't mind me taking this next game here, uh, because I started out going Browns over the Titans. And after Nick Chubb went down, I kind of went back to the Titans. But I want, I want to kind of be on here. This is going to be a 50-50 game. I could see this game going either way yeah. just because of how solid their defense is. This is going to be a real test to Tannehill. It's going to be a real test to these wide receivers and a major test for this offensive line. Um, Absolutely. But let's start with the games that both Gary and I agree on. Uh, we both agree that the Niners win this game against the Giants. Uh, we both went the Titans, but this, as Gary said, this game right here could be a 50-50 game. Uh, Dolphins-Broncos. Dolphins uh, got that one, man. I'm, I'm sorry. And <laughs> the Dolphins-Broncos. I, I like the Dolphins, too. Uh, bills Saints the commanders Ooh. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be yeah. a I, I slick want to go with the Commanders on this one. Yeah, I slick want to go with them. Though. We've been talking about the Commanders being one of them sneaky teams. And, I mean, honestly, it could happen. This is going to be one of them 50-50 games as well. Uh, then you have uh, Jags at, um, hosting the Houston Texans. We, but we went Jacksonville. We're Dear Lord, baby play. Jesus, please let the Texans beat the Jags. Just so I it would be so hard. great if the Texans beat them. Uh, <laughs> I would go Jags, too. And then Ravens hosting the Colts. Give me the Ravens. Uh, I go with Ravens too. Uh, um, Carolina at Seattle. Give us mm. Seattle. Bears in KC. Yeah. Give us KC. The Cardinals hosting the two and wait, yeah, two and O Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> That's funny to hear. The two and O Dallas Cowboys. Give me the boys. Yeah. And then the Eagles go to Tampa. I hate to say I'll this. I'll take the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, man. There, you know, some games that Gary and I we split on. Um, I took the Lions over Atlanta. When you knock off the defending world champions to open your season you have something mm. I also took the Packers over the Saints I'm trying to think uh, Falcons man. Lions I slick want to go with the Falcons over the Lions 
Because I, you know, I know they're the media darling. I think they're, you know, the Lions are good, but I think I might go with the Falcons on that one. Saints Packers. I'm going to go with the Packers simply because they're in Lambeau. Now, I believe this will be Jordan Love's first game at Lambeau, I want to say. So the nerves As a starter. Yes. So that that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for him under the lights of Lambeau. You know, so Vikings. Give me the Chargers in this one. I think they're a little upset that they're starting off zero and two. I'm going Vikings. They're at home. Yeah, I like the Vikings at home. I agree with you there, man. It's going to be too big of an environment. We've seen too much struggles out of this uh, Chargers team. They're they're struggling in their secondary. I mean, Tannehill is able to go in, put up some numbers. You know, look Justin at the- Jefferson is going to kill their secondary, yeah. and they're coming west to east again. Yep. And then, look, hey, I mean, let's really break this down. I mean, week one, they gave up 466 yards to the Dolphins. You know, that tells you there's some yeah. gaping holes you know, in their secondary. And I just think that the Vikings, you know, they got some dogs on offense, bro. So, mm-hmm. um, I have to go, I have to go Vikings here, man. I, I have to go. Vikings. I'm with you. I'm going Vikings too. Patriots at the jets. Well, let me just get this out of the way. Give me the jets without Aaron Rodgers, with Zach Wilson, but the Patriots, they're scraping the bottom right now. I'm going Jets, too. That defense is just too darn good. Even though they struggle to get the Cowboys, I'm going Jets. But then you head to the other side. Steelers at the Raiders. That's going to be a good one. Give yep. me the Steelers in primetime. Ooh, out there on the West Coast in Vegas. Um... Ooh, although one of my favorite defensive players is playing for the Raiders, I am a huge fan of Mad Max. I'm a huge fan of Max Crosby. That dude is a baller. Just imagine if he was to end up here in Tennessee. (laughs) Man, I would have me a Max Crosby jersey already. (laughs) Mad Max beyond the Thunderdome. I, ooh. I'm going Steelers because I just don't trust Jimmy G. Yeah, you know, I went, of course, you know, like I said earlier, I got family members who are Steeler, you know, Steeler nations all the way. So, uh, you know, just uh, I'm I'm going to go against the Steelers. I don't care how bad it messes up my record, but I will pick against them all year long. (laughs) Just to throw that out there, guys. So give me the Raiders just for that fact. (laughs) Final game. The final game of week three, Rams at Cincy. Give me Cincinnati. I can't believe I'm going to say this. As much as I don't like this team, I'm, I, I have to give respect to, to Joe Cool. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. The Bengals too, just because I know my brother has been crying his eyes out for the last two weeks. And 
I want to give them a little shred of hope. I, I, I'm going to go with the Bengals at home, and, and I really don't want to say that. Yeah, you know, I went Rams here, man. I, I think uh, Bengals are got a lot going on. Um, you know, if I'm correct, uh, Joe Burrow's questionable for this game. Um, I'm pretty he's sure he's actually out, right? If he's out, that might change for me. Um, yeah. They're saying that he could miss the next two to three weeks with that calf injury. Yeah, so, you know, I have to go Rams because of that, man. Like, um, you know, I, I don't trust their backup. I don't know a lot about them, but I think that the Rams team has been a steady team, you Ooh. know, so far this year. So I did not with, even see this. Yeah, with Burrow being out, you know, yeah. um, I, I, I got to go Rams here, and I'll even I'll go switch out, it to the Rams, too. I'll yeah. switch it to the Rams, too. I did not know about the Joe Burrow injury like that. I knew he re-aggravated it. But I don't know if he can miss time. But yeah, I'm going Rams just because of that. But of course, yeah. I I do have to give another shout out to our sponsor, Homage. Um, you can find their link in the description of the podcast, and you can also find the link to Caldera Lab in the description, uh, where at Caldera Lab you could use the code Titan to get twenty percent off, and you use the link. For homage and get 20% off anything. And you can go over to the Titan Upload Network. Yes, we just crossed 11.4 thousand subscribers here on YouTube. And you you can find the best content creators under one roof, the Power Hour, uh, Titans Fly. You can find myself, Titans Rossi, Titan Upload, and Titans Time Podcast all under one roof. So go over to the Titan Upload Network on YouTube and subscribe. Turn on the notification bell so you know when content is posted. And again, a huge thank you to our guest tonight, Chris from Titans and Truth, a.k.a. The Blue Enforcer. Chris, let the, let the people know where they can find your content. Well, competing with that big network is not easy. <laughs> but I love those guys. I love those guys at the Titan Upload Network. Absolutely. Uh, y'all know where y'all can find me, Titans and Truth. Uh, definitely kind of going through a little bit of a changing mode. Uh, a little bit definitely doing uh, not just TNT tonight on tomorrow night where we'll dig deep into the Browns. Friday night, uh, I will be doing Down to the T, talking Tennessee sports. Uh, we'll be talking Vols, Memphis Tigers, eventually talking Grizzlies when the basketball season starts, uh, among others. Uh, Friday, I will have the Truth League Report where I will make my picks for the week, which some of you probably saw a few of my previews. Um, and the Truth League Report, I am doing that every week talking uh, NFL as well. So definitely go to the Titans of Truth uh, channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also find me on Facebook, TNT Enforcers, on Instagram at Titans underscore N underscore Truth, and on Twitter X at TN Blue Enforcer. That's where you can find me. And um, Lee, Gary, it's been a pleasure. Definitely got to do this again. Yeah, man, for sure, you know. Awesome having you a part of the show. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to speak for. I know Lee would say the exact same thing, but man, yeah. like, bro, you brought the you brought it this time, man. You you got me fired up, uh, man. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So you know, thank you for coming on. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great night. Yes, sir. And uh, as as I always say, stay classy and tighten up. Tighten up.
Tighten up! Let's get tightened up! Tightened up! 